0: Sports Machine with Slim. If you're stuck in your car in traffic and are listening for the first time, hello, this is WKXL Radio, New Hampshire Talk Radio. I'm your host, Slim. That's why the show's called The Sports Machine with Slim. And I'm gonna tell you something. Sometimes I, I put on my angry Slim character hat. And today I have it on in full throttle, but I'm going to try to maintain a civilized pitch and tone to my voice as I describe the insanity that is government in the United States. And this is a sports talk show, so we're going to get to sports talk. The Celtics' awesome win last night. Bruins' even more awesomer win last night. Love me some Bruins. We're going to spend some time on both of those things. We're going to talk about some NFL playoffs, but we got to start with the weather, okay? Listen. I'm a hardcore New Englander, have been all my life, and I feel a sense of pride almost on days like this where it's like, Yeah, it's uncomfortable outside. Your feet get wet. It's a little slippery. And it's like, well, you know, what do we live here for? Why don't we live in the warmer weather? We'll all say that every now and then as a joke, kind of. But there's a certain badge of honor. I say, like, there's certain toughness to New Englanders, right? We can deal with the cold. We deal with these conditions, and we just keep trucking. And a lot of the greatest things that have ever happened in this country really have happened as a result of New England in the Northeast. So we're bonded by that. We we got a toughness to us up here. But we also have some real dumbness in local, state, federal governments. And we all know this, but my problem today is with the the sanding and the roading crews, people. Like, this is not that hard. To set the stage two days ago... I live, in, I live in Brentwood, okay. and the reason I'm ranting is because I live in Brentwood, New Hampshire, which is typically a 45-minute drive from Concord, where we do the show, The Sports Machine with Slim, every weekday from 10 to 11. So, I live in Brentwood, 45 minutes to Concord, boom, no no traffic, it's pretty easy. On a day like today, I drop my son off in school first. He, lives, he goes to school out in the Hampton Beach area, so I'm going east, then I'm coming all the way west. If there's no traffic from his school, an hour drive. Today, it took me an hour and 50 minutes... I did stop for coffee in there, so I'm going to subtract five. An hour and 45 minutes. And I encountered six to seven accidents. Well, uh, people off the road, cars off the road. I encountered two to two hardcore accidents in 93. If you're out there going north or south on 93, both directions, there were accidents. You know what I'm talking about. Going north right now is a cluster. I, I just barely made it in here, so that's why I'm ranting and I'm hot. And I want to spend a couple minutes to talk about this because I'm... Here's my deal, dude, with with political stuff and the government. The one thing I need, well, two things we need you for. One is schools, okay? We need the government. We need to pay all these tax dollars. We need you to teach our kids. Reading, writing, arithmetic, that's all I need you to teach my kids. I'll take care of the rest, okay? I'm happy to pay taxes for that. The other thing, to clear the roads when it snows, because we live in New England, we know going into the year it's going to snow, you need to set aside some of this budget money for sanding and snowing to set the stage. Three days ago it snows in my town, maybe it was two days ago, whatever and I've got a steep driveway, I've got a long steep driveway, top 10% of steepness of driveways, okay? So when you walk down as we do for one of my kids to go to the bus stop in the morning, like it can be slippery, you gotta be careful, it's foremost thought in my mind. So I go the other day I'm out taking the trash down before the kid goes, and I put out salt on the driveway. I take that, I go back inside, gonna get the kid ready, I come out, the driveway's pretty clean. Well, uh, you know, five minutes ago, it was slippery. Now it's pretty clean, there's no ice, there's no, no slipperiness, great. The salt worked. So that's fresh in my mind. Well today, we know the weather conditions are horrible, right? Why? Aren't the road crews out there salting in advance? Why do we have seven cars off the road from 101 up to 93? Why do we got two, like, multi-car accidents on Route 93 going north right now in the Concord area? Why? Because the people standing the roads don't know what they're doing. Don't tell me there's not enough money. We have enough money, we pay enough taxes. Salt the roads, so people aren't all, one, endangered, and two, all delayed and almost late for work. And then the people that are almost late for work are speeding to try to get around everybody, and they're causing another accident that just keeps on changing. Don't tell me it's a good use of money to not put salt and sand down early as a preventative measure. This is insanity. Somebody needs to say it. I just did. We got a caller that wants to come on. Do you want to talk about sports caller? Do you want to talk about my insane level of uh dis- disgust at the road crews this morning
1: everybody should drive a truck
0: it, there were trucks off the road i would say call good good uh, i like you're thinking about possible solutions but i will say <laughs> there were trucks off the road so what do we do then to stop buying Teslas. i don't know um <laughs> about the Celtics <laughs> you want to talk basketball? Okay, inform me, because I spent most of my night last night watching the Bruins and Old School. My wife had never seen before, and that's a really funny movie, but the Celtics, did you get to watch them?
1: Yeah, and, and they shot 63% from the field and over 50 from three, and the, the shooting was incredible. It was like an All-Star game type of thing.
0: Was Miami playing any defense? Because we know we hate Miami, right? They they beat us in the conference finals last year. I do not like. I'm always worried about Miami, so I'm glad to see. I, I did see we beat them by 20 plus. But what, like, what what was the flow of the game? Was Miami trying? No, they were a step behind all
1: night. Their spacing was great. You know how Mozilla talks all the time about spacing and defense, spacing and passing. It was awesome. They they had open shooters everywhere, inside, outside, top of the key, corner. And the guy sunk them. The, the, the reason for my call, though, is, is, is to make one comment. Are they still too dependent on the three? Are they still too dependent on the three? Are, do they have another gear? Because they don't always show that they do. It's like if they don't make their shots, they'll win.
0: Agreed. Well, uh, And tell me if I'm wrong. I swear I watched the first few minutes of that game last night, and I saw Tatum go to the hole Two or three times, and I said, now that's exactly what we need. It's really about mindset, I think. And, Carl, what am I calling you? What do you what's your nickname? This is your first time calling the show, isn't it? Ozzy. Ozzie. Ozzie. T- can, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Tatum started the game out going to the hole. Isn't that right? Is, that was last night, And,
1: and Jalen Brown did, too. But still, look at the stats. It was an outside shooting fest.
0: I agree, it but worked. it's a mindset. When you start the game going outside, I am going to the rim and you open up a lead everybody starts to feel good feel confident and then as long as the threes are going in I'm cool but I mean, are we asking hey if you start to miss the threes and it's a closer game will the Celts be able to switch that gear back to go we need to go to the hoop again
1: I don't know if if, if, if they pack it in and the Celtics can't hit the three I mean look what happened against Golden State it was like a bad movie it was like watching the finals from two years ago again. They just lost their confidence, and Golden State didn't. <laughs> they just kept coming at him.
0: It was bailout threes too, like like we have to take a three almost, so let me wait till the end of the shot clock and then take a three. It wasn't, the aggressiveness wasn't there. It has to start with Tatum, Ozzy doesn't it? Like, in those big moments, those big games, doesn't it have to, to start with Tatum's just refusal to lose, and I'm going to go to the hoop. When he goes to the hoop, it, it, he puts the ball in the basket. It's really that simple
1: a man Brown, he does. They, they both have got unbelievable skills going to the hoop, whether in the open floor or contested. Either way, they get shots off. But that only supports the fact that if they're not sinking their threes, do they win? Even with that much talent, even even able to go to the hoop like that, do they win without sinking their? Three? Unless they shoot forty percent from three, do they win? We've had, I, don't,
0: I don't know the stats. I'm not looking at them, but I'm going to say they're pretty average if they're not ripping the next from 100%. 25 feet. Yep. The Celtics, so everybody knows, they won 143 to 110 last night. They were 22 out of 40 from three. And Ozzy is 100% right. Yeah, I mean, that's insane, right? Everybody can shoot. But when you say when they're not hitting the threes, Ozzy, here's the deal. like Somebody every night is going to be hot. Like, you have Hauser, you have Pritchard. Those guys can knock down three, four threes a game, for real, right? You have Al Horford who can knock down a couple. Somebody's going to be hot. The problem goes when you have a Tatum or a Brown or Drew Holiday who wants to shoot, like, two for ten. Those things cannot happen in the playoffs. If you are two for five, you 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 might get one more three. If you miss, that's it. We need guys who are going to be shooting 40% plus from three, and that's it. Otherwise, you're going to the basket.
1: And that's where the spacing was so good yesterday. They could get that open look at Will. They, they, they yes. sunk 22 threes. Is that the, the second most ever? I think they sunk 25 against the Knicks one night.
0: They were also 19 out of 20 from the free throw line. Like this team can shoot. <laughs> this team, right? I mean, it, it's it's pretty special what we're getting to watch. And and not for nothing, the guys on the bench, like the first three guys off the bench, can shoot just about as well or better than the starters if they're open. Yeah.
1: I'm a huge fan. I see how they can win. What I'm looking for the ways they can lose, and I think that that comes down <laughs> to
0: the formula that they used to, The
1: formula they used to lose twice in a row now. They just stop shooting well.
0: This is what I'm talking about, fans of the Sports Machine with Slim. Our, our fans in New England, we have a negative mentality. We're thinking we're going to step into snow. We can't be thinking what's going to go wrong. we got to be thinking what's going to go right, Ozzy. You heard it there. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for the call. Appreciate it, everybody. The Celtics are a team that we know has the talent to go all the way. Do they have the intestinal? fortitude That's the question we will ask every day until the answer is given to us this spring. This is The Sports Machine with Slim on WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, nhtalkradio.com. We're coming back with some Bruins Talk. At the sports machine was slim. One of my expert callers, my brother Dave, will be calling in soon. Until then, I'm talking Bruins. But before I get to Bruins, I'm going to give some stock advice out there. Financial stocks, um, this is not financial advice, but it kind of is. I think Coinbase, C-O-I-N, is an excellent stock to buy today. I would just tell everybody this. Coin, C-O-I-N. If you like to play the stock game, it's about $120 for one share today. We'll, we'll see where it's at in October of this year. Take it or leave it, I'm just telling you. Uh, not financial advice, but I know what I'm doing today. The Bruins, do we know what they're doing today? They're celebrating a 3 to 2 victory last night. Love to see this stuff. But last night, as I, as I, I mean, I'm putting my kids to bed earlier. Uh, Seven, 8, 7.30 or so, 8 o'clock. I get upstairs and take care of business with them. Go downstairs. I turn on the TV. With 13.30 left in the first period, we got number 28, who I don't even know this guy, Forberg. He... F- He's fighting somebody. As soon as I turn on the TV in the first period, I love to see it. It was just a little mix-up. They had a scrum, and um, then he, he gets put to the ice. But he grabs the guy and tackles him to the ice too. Not too many punches thrown, but it was just set a cool tone of events. Uh, quick fight. Bruins at that point were being outshot seven to one. On the good side, I see Jeremy Swayman is in net. And for people that don't know, this dude has been on fire. Absolutely hot as a firecracker, and it's, I feel so confident when he's in net that, like, we're going to win. And, and I felt that immediately last night. We're at Ottawa, and there were a ton of Bruins fans in the stands. I don't know if everybody knows this, but the Bruins fans travel to Ottawa. My goodness. As I'm watching, I, I think to myself, what is Charlie Coyle's face-off win rate? Like, the percentage that he's winning. I love me some Charlie Coyle. This is the top-end talent of the Bruins is so good. Pasternak, Marshan, who had the game-winning goal last night, Charlie Coyle, these guys are, are, are literally like three of the very best players in the NHL. We have the top talent to win it all this year. We have the goaltender in Swayman. We have a caller on the line right now, my brother Dave. Welcome, Dave, to the show. Are you stuck in traffic?
2: I am not. It's been a rough morning. It's definitely slow going here in New England. The weather is always a challenge for us.
0: January. Yeah, and so is the dumbness of the drivers out there. That's a real challenge. (laughs) I
2: just just try to... I I don't like to talk bad about other people's
0: driving skills. I (laughs) do. I do. I love to. I gotta be careful, though, because I don't want to uh, irritate the sponsors of the show and the station. I want to be professional, but man, there's so many bad drivers out there. Horrible. You should have heard me on the way in. I did give the finger to somebody today. (laughs) No, you did not. (laughs) Just kidding, but I really did. Go ahead, Dave. (laughs)
2: What I will say about the Bruins game last night is I watched Brad Marshawn and Charlie Coyle come down in overtime. The only thing I could think was what uh, Thomas had said yesterday on your show about taking out the best shooter in an odd man rush. And I'm like, boy, if that if that defensive model? had just decided to take away Marshall on that play instead of trying to guard both of them, maybe there would have been a different result for the Ottawa Senators.
0: I'm telling you, man, I had my Coach Mac hat on yesterday. I had my whistle, and even though I am a basketball coach through and through, and I am not kidding, when it comes to basketball, I believe that I am a top 1% caliber coach. Like, I could coach in the NBA, today and not for nothing people listening I do think my brother Dave actually could be a very good assistant coach for me too uh, <laughs> although he might say he'd love the opportunity to coach against my team but we just know basketball we know the Xs and the Os we know how uh, this person's going to go this way here's where they're going to go and uh, we're going to take advantage of that weakness in the in the NHL I don't know this stuff but I do know when you have a 2-1-1 in basketball it's not the same as in hockey because you have a goalie Dave and I, I, I'm full fully in on this. you need to take one or the other. you don't split the difference when it's a two- on one in the NHL.
2: No I, I agree well I think it just makes the it allows the goaltender to, to uh, find the right position right you know when you're playing a two on one on hockey and you're trying to play the middle as the defenseman, the goaltender still has to cover both sides of the net so he, right. if, you, if you take one guy away, Okay, it's no different than a one-on-one, and we watch these shootouts at the end of games all the time. When it's one-on-one, right? goaltenders, goaltenders stop that shot more than
0: 50% of the time. Past the next win rate's shootout. like 31%, dude, in, in the shootouts. His history right. the shootouts, 31%. You, when you play in the middle as a defenseman, the goalie is also playing in the middle, and that's a weakness for them.
2: Right, you're hanging the goalie out to dry, and that's what happened last night. Marshall made a, a a simple little move, just moved the puck a couple of feet to his left, and the goaltender just couldn't couldn't make a decision, and he left open that wide side of the net. Where you know, I mean, if, if the defenseman had played it slightly different, the goaltender wouldn't have had to have made that adjustment. So, I mean, Martian, just this puck handling kind of put it. He, he, he shifted the puck over enough to open up that part of the net. It's just it's my to my unprofessional uh, <laughs> un- lack of knowledge hockey skills. It seemed like you know the, the defenseman kind of hung the goalie out to dry there.
0: Let's keep tracking the data as things go along and we watch more hockey. I do know that you love to talk football, typically, when you call the show. Do you have picks for this weekend that you want to talk about, or you want to stick with the hockey stuff?
2: No, listen, it's it's championship weekend, right? Division, weather conference, championship, NFL weekend. I mean, to be down to the final four. I think this is this is fantastic football. We've got some great matchups. Who would have expected Patrick Mahomes to be back in the AFC Championship game?
3: <laughs> first road
2: game, first road playoff game. Psh, no problem. You know, we'll go in. We'll dispose of a Bills team that's won six games in a row, the hottest team in the NFL. I mean, this it's just great, great story, great sports. So, yeah, I mean, who doesn't love the NFL?
0: Detroit getting seven and a half now. That line moving off of seven is really interesting to me because San Fran just—I mean—they didn't look that good last week. Green Bay should have beat them. Why is everybody coming back this week and piling on, thinking San Fran's going to beat up on Detroit, who seems to be playing with a ton of confidence? So it's—it's
2: it's funny. I saw the money this morning, and there's actually been more money bet on San Fran in this game so far, you know, week to date. Now I guess that can change, and I think. Yo, Vegas does shift odds slightly based on what they're getting for reads from their their whale, right? The, the guys that are going to come in with some large money bets at the end of the week. And so I think that Vegas has some shifting in line. So I, I think there is going to be some, some larger bets made on the San Francisco 49ers. But that said, I, I like Detroit. I like the matchup. I like the fact that Detroit hasn't allowed a lot of running back all year. To go over 72 yards combined running and receiving? No.
0: And, really? Yeah, I didn't different. know that stat. I know they hadn't let him over 100 uh, combined 72 yards. Detroit has not let a offense go all, all year with, a, with the running back over those totals?
2: A single running back. Oh man, year. Christian and, and McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey's total is
0: 89. <laughs> wow. Well, that puts so, pressure on Purdy, man, and Purdy ain't
2: the guy. Well, so that's I, I I I don't know if Purdy's going to be the guy or not. I know he struggles to play in, in rain. We talked about that previously, and so maybe last week was an aberration, or you know maybe maybe he's going to be much better. In fact, it's going to be clear skies, 65, great day for football. The, the offenses are probably going to have some success, but what I also know is that Jared Goff is another poor-weather kind of quarterback. He doesn't do very well, so he should also have a really good game. I I just think San Francisco's defense is going to allow him to make some plays. I think that Amon St. Brown is a a legit weapon for Detroit, and Laporta has been fantastic the last eight weeks of the season. So I, th- I think Detroit has every right to keep this game close. They put it in the hands of Purdy, and we see if Purdy's good enough to make it happen.
0: Okay, I know you've liked Baltimore all year long. we only got a couple minutes here. So what's the thought on uh, the Kansas City Chiefs getting four or so from Baltimore?
2: That really interesting game. I, I, the one thing I'll say, I think Andy Reid, the, the Kansas City Chiefs, very good coaching staff. I think you watched them last week with the Bill say, hey, we're going to allow Josh Allen to run the football. They thought that that was going to be a better plan for them to win that game. It's going to shorten up the game. It's going to you know, uh-huh. allow Kansas City to kind of hang around. Well, I think you do the exact opposite this week. I think what you're going to do this week is they're going to take the ball and the, the running out of Lamar Jackson's hands. They're going to try and contain him as much as possible. You have to. Which means I, I, think, I think that's their path to winning this game. If Lamar Jackson is able to run the ball like Josh Allen did, I don't see how Kansas City has any chance in this game. So if I'm Kansas City, I'm game planning to take Lamar Jackson's run out. Every time he goes to hand the ball off, that's fine. Hand it off. You want to give it to, you know, Gus Edwards, you whoever your running back is, fantastic. We're not going to allow Lamar Jackson. So I think Lamar Jackson's passing is going to have to be higher than maybe what his total suggests it's going to be. I think his rushing totals go under, but I think the game is really fast-paced. So I, I like the under
0: a lot. Okay, there we go. The under in the Kansas City Baltimore game seems to be my brother Dave's pick of the week and people that have been paying attention he's been one of the more accurate or probably the most accurate to give him his his roses. He's been the best predictor of what's going to happen. Take the advice out there if you want to. This is the Sports Machine with Slim WKXL Radio 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, 101.9 in Manchester, nhtalkradio.com We're coming back with more Bruins and more NFL. Back to the sports machine with Slim, everybody. You're stuck in traffic on Route 93. I'm sorry, but take a look at your radio dial. 103.9 in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, WKXL Radio. We're here every weekday from 10 to 11. You can catch our shows on nhtalkradio.com on demand, too. That's horrible. Awful. That's what I saw. The Bruins coach, Jim Montgomery, who we did an excellent special on yesterday, if you want to check that out. Um, Bruins coach yells at the ref after a penalty call, a tripping call on, on Trent Frederick, with a minute and 50 seconds left in the second period. At the time, Bruins lead 2-0. Um, Ottawa scores on the penalty. Post-score, there becomes a scrum where one of our guys gets grabbed by the neck, in like a headlock, and he punches the guy right in the face. I love to see it. And then, they, uh, you know, was bad blood a uh, Bruin, as the score goes, two to one, the end of the second period. Third period could get physical is what I had typed to. Uh, Thomas, my man, who's the Bruins expert insider who was on the show yesterday, the pistol is on the phone right now. And he loves to come in with guns a blazing.
3: Madonna, don't tell me to move to the music. I know how to do that. Slim, we got a lot to talk about. But first, I need to take a moment to defend myself and my pistol-free money guarantee last week on UFC 297. Pistol guarantees only come around on an annual basis. Now, we've talked previously on the show about my ineptitude on the betting front and how listeners need to realize they should be picking against me. And had they done that for UFC 297, they would have picked a plus 320 dog in Magny and a plus 140 dog in Pennington I am money when it comes to my pistol guarantees. So Brother Dave can talk all he wants about how great his picks are. It is nowhere near what the inverted pistol guarantee pays out.
0: And as long as you're willing to admit it, welcome onto the show, Pistol. You give me any picks that you want to give, and we can just, with the loudspeaker microphone, tell the crowd, take the other side. (laughs) Yeah, some great examples. One of my first
3: guarantees in 1993, I took Brett Favre <laughs> playing, playing uh, against Kansas City uh, a on a Monday Night down. Football Let's game. Let's take a
0: walk down memory lane. 1993, Brett Favre and Green Bay. Go ahead.
3: To and there City. we go. Brett Favre breaks the Monday Night Football turnover record with six turnovers in the game to lose it. So uh, that was that was the start of the pistol guarantees, and they continue to uh, pay out greatly.
0: Do you feel you're responsible for the ineptitude of the players that you bet on?
3: I, I feel like it's personal luck. I, I I just I have such poor luck. It actually bleeds onto the
0: field. Well, if it happens time after time after time, like if I was you, I'd kind of feel bad for that that guy Mallet, who you picked in the UFC. He was fighting Magny last Saturday. One of the. Um, previews or prelim fights leading up to the championship uh, match with Sean Strickland well this mallet guy who the pistol had predicted was dominating the fight for two rounds and then four minutes or three minutes into the third and final round as well but then the Magni guy came over it's like he took the power of the Lord and just flipped the switch and beat the ever living crap out of that that mallet guy who you had guaranteed do you feel bad that that guy got beat up maybe because of you
3: I, I I feel terrible. Here's a guy, a young guy that the UFC is trying to build up into a champion. He's fighting in his home country. Uh, he's got the whole crowd behind him. Nobody was cheering on Magny, and he ends up getting beat up. It's uh, it's truly truly incredible for for guys.
0: The fight was stopped because this man was on the ground and the other man was on top of him just continually unloading with punches on him one after another to the point where the ref like, that's it, that's it. Pistol, Pistol, we, we hear you. you. Let's see, can you redeem yourself at all? And by redeem yourself, I mean like, just stay doing what you do, Pistol, don't deviate. What do you like for picks this weekend?
3: Well, I, the, I love Baltimore this weekend going against Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. Because Patrick Mahomes, the only people who are picking Kansas City, they all talk about the mystique of Patrick Mahomes. He's 13-3 in the playoffs with only two losses to Tom Brady and one to Joe Burrow. They've only been blown out once uh, during the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay when his offensive line completely failed him. So uh, I say there's no mystique, people. This Baltimore team is for real. There's not going to be any 80-yard drive down that field, and Lamar Jackson is going to be turned loose. We are talking about a, a, at least a 14-point win by Baltimore. I think Baltimore is the far superior team.
0: So here we go, Pistol. Just to throw some stats your way, I'm looking on com right now, and I'm seeing that 62% of the money is coming in On the Baltimore Ravens, I will tell people, I think that line initially opened up at three points. It definitely moved to three and a half very quickly if it didn't open at three and a half. But now, over the last day or two, it has ticked up to four, which to me is very surprising. And that's why I'd like to peel back the onion with you, Pistol. You're guaranteeing Baltimore. Like, why would you want to, to guarantee against Patrick Mahomes, who all he does is win, 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 no matter what?
3: I think he finally doesn't have the team around him that he's had in the past.
0: He had the team last now, weekend.
3: Yeah, last weekend they looked really good against a depleted, you know, Buffalo defense, right? And they had really long drives that they put together. They they looked really good. I think they punted one time in the game, and it was it wasn't until the fourth quarter. So uh, you know, it's hard not to like Kansas City after that, but Baltimore looked just as good on the other side and and Baltimore, you know, has really just looked excellent all the way all the way down, you know. So so the great thing about us is we have an awesome football game, right? We have great coaches going against each other. We have great teams going against each other on both the, you know, both the AFC and the NFC side. It's like in this case the fans win cuz the best four teams are in the final four.
0: Yeah, Baltimore has looked all gr- great all season long. You know what the common denominator was? You weren't betting on them. Let's see what happens <laughs> this weekend when you are betting on them. I, I've i been thinking Baltimore's going to win, but you know what that means here. Detroit goes to San Francisco. People are loving some San Francisco. What's your thoughts on this game?
3: Well, I'm jumping in with Brother Dave, and I'm going with Detroit. I like Detroit in this game, especially <laughs> getting plus seven, plus seven and a half. And, uh, you know, Detroit's biggest problem is against the pass, and I think that we want to see – Brock Purdy pass as much as possible. I thought San Francisco looked terrible last week. They barely eked out a win against Green Bay, and uh, Detroit, who I didn't like all year long, looks legit right now. And it, with all of their weapons, you can you believe this Titan Laporta? This guy is a beast.
0: He was a beast in college too. Yeah, what a nice draft pick by them. Good for good for him. And and he looks for him. This is the thing about in the NFL, and we can look to it with the Patriots, lack of success this season and Mac Jones kinda, you know, taking multiple steps backwards. When you don't have a tight end, it's it, it's like you really don't have a security blanket. With Jared Goff, when he doesn't know where to go, his brain just goes, All right, look for Laporta. And throw it out there and Laporte will, will, will catch it if it's anywhere close the unfortunately Mac Jones didn't have that this season because Hunter Henry is uh you know way he thinks he's way better than he actually is yeah
3: he, and not only Laporte he's got that running back Gibbs who he can throw it out too too and Gibbs you know makes a lot of plays just sitting out there in the flat and you know he, he ends up bailing out the team half the time.
0: Well, here's what I'm telling you. I love me some Brock Purdy this weekend. Just left after listening to Dave and now listening to the pistol, I'm going to tell you Brock Purdy's throwing for over 300 yards. Him to ayuk that's what I would tell you, be betting on. Kittle will probably have a big day too. Brock Purdy throwing all over that suspect Detroit passing defense. That's my take, pistol. Is, am I firing blanks or what?
3: Well, I I do think Purdy's very uh, subject to turnovers, and that'd be my biggest worry with him to put the ball in his hands, like how many times he's going to pass it to the other team. Slim, I want to bring up one more more thing to you, Scary Terry to the Heat. Could you imagine Scary coming in, game seven, TD Garden, and there he is on the base, not setting up for a baseline three, and he drains it, holding his hand up to win a game. That would be amazing to see in the TD Garden.
0: Yeah, a little tough to envision that after his effort last night. 28 minutes, 7 points, and a 143-110 loss by the Miami Heat.
3: We all we all know this isn't the Heat's time of year.
0: They've lost five in I, a row. I, They've lost five in a row. I'd certainly say it's not this t- their time of the year right now.
3: Yeah, yeah, they are not looking good at the moment. Uh, Celtics looked amazing last night. Their shooting was absolutely incredible. I heard your earlier caller, uh, your early caller, Ozzy call in, and he was wondering, like, how do how do the Celtics lose? How do the Celtics lose? You know how you lose? You're doing the same thing you did last year with the same coach they had last year with almost the same players that you had last
0: year. Eh, two different players. Come on now. You you know there's some inside presence with Porzingis, and Drew Holiday is a proven winner, a champion, a little bit different players. Did you see his inside presence against Jokic? With that note, we will be going to commercial right now. This has been the Sports Machine with Slim and the Pistol firing away on a Friday. We still have one more segment to go, so hold tight right there. If you're in traffic, I'll help you pass the time or try my best. Anyway, WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, nhtalkradio.com. Asking yourself, why am I holding a 30-pound cinder block with this rope tied to it? This is the Sports Machine with Slim. Old school. Watched it last night. I've only seen that a couple of times, I will say, in my life. I'm 49 years old. My wife has never seen it or had never seen it until last night. And this is Vince Vaughn and Will Ferrell. At, both at their, like, just optimal. The, the movie script... And their characters allow their comedy, comedic style, just to be played out perfectly between the both of them. So many, so many good lines. We're going streaking! But my wife had never seen the movie. And every night, my my poor wife, she has to watch sports with me. Like she said yeah, last night, it was like 6 o'clock. So what are we doing tonight? Uh, okay, we'll be watching the Celtics, and I could just hear it in her voice, like, I, I have to to her every night to watch sports now because it's part of my job, and she wants me to succeed in my job. Don't you, hon? You want me to do well, so I have to do homework and research and watch the, the television and watch what's going on so I, I can talk about it the next day and be entertaining. So, and she allows me, without any words of, of uh, really, like, uh, resentment. So a night like last night, I see old school, and I know Snoop Dogg is in it. It's a young Snoop Dogg, and she's a Snoop Dogg fan with this music. So I know she's gonna kick, get a kick out of that. And she likes Will Fowl, so hey, we gotta we'll, we'll watch this. So we're flipping back and forth between old school and the Bruins. Frank the Tank. Frank the Tank, you've been doing great since Frank the Tank left. <laughs> He's not coming back. But the Bruins, I have to watch. So every now and then, I'm like, hey, we got to keep it in. We just keep it a little longer, just till the end of this period. Well, the third period, I turn over There's 6:20, 6:42 to go in the third, and there's a hand pass, not hand pass goal by Ottawa. Whatever. T- game gets tied up two to two. Okay, Swayman makes some great saves towards the end of the game to protect the 2-2 and Marchand wins it in overtime. The Bruins are outshot on the night 36-20. to So this is a problem, McBFQ, one of our best callers, had said the Bruins are getting outshot on a regular basis. In fact, all the teams that like give up more shots than the Bruins do, there's only like five or six of them in the league from what I remember and their records are all terrible. So the Bruins have some problems, obviously, with giving up too many shots. We need some work on the defensive side of things. Whether it's promoting somebody or trade, there will be people out there at the trade deadline. Vince Vaughn, you remember this one part? This is, I, I don't know if I could do this without laughing. Maybe I'm the only one of thinks things funny, but there's a part with him, Owen Wilson, and they see some dude, he comes in, it's the Dean, it's a kid that they knew from... The past, and when they went to school together, like, oh yeah, didn't we stuff you in a locker or something like that? And, then, and Owen Wilson says something like, hey, yeah, you're you're Steve's brother, right? Didn't we used to call you Cheese? And you see the look on Vince Vaughn's face, and he goes, oh yeah, Cheese, and you can just hear it in his voice. That just makes me laugh every time I think of it. How much enjoyment he took from making fun of this poor kid when he was little. So what a bully, you know. But It was funny in the moment for him, and you you don't never want to be a bully, but when you relive it from the past, in this instance, it was pretty darn funny. The Bruins last night, not funny. Nine penalties called against them, and Jack Edwards and uh, the Brick were not too happy when I was listening to the the play-by-play calling on Nesson last night. Not happy at all. This is ridiculous. And as I said earlier, that one <laughs> call out by the, by Montgomery's—that's horrible, awful. Just yelling, yelling at the refs. There were very questionable penalty calls last night, and yet the Bruins didn't let that affect their ability to like win the game. They're up two nothing, and then it comes back. It's two to two. That's where soft teams fold-up shop in overtime. You got the point. You did what you had to do after the night before, blowing the point on a boneheaded play. See, the Bruins had played the night before against Carolina, right? And we should have gotten a point, but we didn't because Lindholm pinched down. So the next day, Bruins are on the plane. Boom, they're going up to Ottawa or the night before, whatever. The next day, we're we're playing Ottawa, and it's in your mind now. We blew... The game before, at the end, and now we had a 2-0 lead, we're on the road, it's 2-2 the last couple minutes, and like, oh no, you're almost expecting to give up another goal. And how bad is that from a mindset standpoint if you give up a goal there? Right, and you lose three to two after you'd been up two nothing, and the the night before you blew the lead. It's just a bad setup. And in fact, Omark, you know, was the goalie the night before, but the last night was Swayman. So it's like, well, both goalies led up a goal at the end. You just get a feel for the team, like, oh man. But no, we get the point at least. A couple of great saves by Swayman to help protect the tie through regulation. Get into overtime. Marshand, who's who's the guy the night before, when we were down to nothing, he bangs out two goals to tie it up. Like Marshand, if you're paying attention, people, when the money's on the line, he's hitting his step back threes. Unlike Jason Tatum. Marshand right now is like, dude, we might lose. Don't worry, everybody, I'll take care of that. Don't worry, everybody. Jeez. <laughs> Marsh in. And this is why this Bruins team, you got to get on board. you got to start watching them. I did have written down in my notes, if the Bruins are going to go all the way, I would say that this Poitras kid, and it's not Poitras, it's P-O-I-T-R-A-S, he's the young dude. He's like 20 years old. I guess has just an absolute ton of talent. But he, they kind of just mix him in. Montgomery's kind of slow rolling playing him. He took a break and went and played in another tournament during the season. I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but the dude's skilled. And somebody's going to have to come in with the burst of energy at the end or in the playoffs for the Bruins. We know Coyle's going to do what he needs to do. Is, is Pasternak going to come through in the, in the playoffs? Because he hasn't in other years. But he's going to be a threat, Okay. If somebody else comes through like this Porteous kid, or maybe it's Charlie Coyle, maybe it's Morgan Geeky, one of these other guys start scoring, I think that takes some pressure off of Passneck. When the first round of the playoffs come, some of the talk, if the Bruins lose the first game that we play, it's going to start the focus, the pressure, the microscope is going to be on Passenach. So we need somebody else with skill to lead the way. Brad Marchand is saying, it's going to be me. That's the dirty work he's doing right now. He's saying he's going to be the guy when it comes playoff time. And I'm here for it because everybody knows this is a guy if you were on the other if he was on the other team, you'd hate him. This is a perfect Dennis Rodman type of player. If he's on the other team, you hate him. If he's on your team, you love him. And he the one thing I love most about Brad Marchand, he's never going to back down from a fight against anybody. He's a smaller type of dude, but I've seen him not afraid to be getting in the face and he like challenging guys to fights that are 6 inches taller than him. He is not afraid and nobody wants to fight him either. When you watch like he he's not a he's he's all about it. Other guys like no, they don't want any part of him. So, hey, listen, you can be a little bit of a cheap shot artist, but if you're willing in that sport to stand up and be like, "Hey, you want to do something about it?" Then you kind of you get my respect. That that was what I talked about last week, or actually it was Monday after seeing the Sean Strickland fight against De Plessy or whatever his name is from last Saturday, and they both talked about how they're gonna, like, you know, they're gonna go all out against each other. And when I saw the fight, I'm like, dude, they fought for five rounds. Neither one of them really put themselves in, like, dangerous way. They were always trying to protect themselves. And I can understand that. But before the fight, they said they were just going to go and try and maul each other. Right? And that was the expectation. In hockey, when these guys fight, like, they might only fight for 30 seconds. But they are trying to maul each other. Like, they are right in each other's face, just trying to nail each other with everything they got. Brad Marchand is willing to get in that ring. I wonder how Marchand would do against Sean Strickland. Probably be get some uh, good trash talk leading up to that event. I don't know if we could make that happen. Pistol, McBFQ, would you guys pay um, you know, pay-per-view dollars to watch those two fight? I probably would, because you know there's going to be action. Brad Marchand is all about the action, and I'm all about watching the Bruins here. Last night I was all about giving my wife the opportunity to see Old School, for the first time, cheese. <laughs> so immature. I don't care. I think it's funny. If you watch that scene, that scene is just a riot. And <laughs> they're all lined up at the top of the thing. You might be asking, why, why am I holding a 30-pound cinder block tied to this rope? <laughs> and then they turn around, and it's a 30-foot drop or so. Horrible. So immature. So immature. Um, on, a, on a serious note, people, as we wrap this thing up, do we know there's, like, a standoff going on on the Texas, Texas border? Do you know the government of Texas? Like, it's not being really announced on the, the national news and stuff, but, like, Texas wants to, like, seal the border so that uh, folks from Mexico can't easily walk across. And the national government is saying, like, no, 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 you can't, you can't put up that, that barbed wire. In fact, we're going to come down and, like, cut it down. And open up the holes. And Texas is saying, oh, no, you're not. And there's now 25 states uh, with governors who have said, we back Texas. And I don't know where it's going to go from there, but there's a serious disagreement. And it should be in the news between these two points. And obviously, you know, the political parties – Um, Just want to argue anyway, but uh, I suppose the people that are in charge don't necessarily want this to dominate the airwaves. I just figure that's some knowledge you probably ought to look into because it's like kind of important to the future of our country. The Sports Machine with Slim. You never know what you're going to get here, especially on a Friday. I'll try to keep it entertaining every day, 10 to 11, every weekday. The Sports Machine with Slim on WKXL Radio, 1450 AM. 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, nhtalkradio.com. Let's go 49ers.